Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you ready?
Yes. Hey, how you doing? Can you hear me okay? Uh, yeah, I can. All right. I'm going to uh, do a lead-in, and then at the end, uh, if you want to plug whatever you want to plug, I'll give you time at the end for that. Yeah, when is this airing, or when is this on? This is going to be airing tomorrow at 7 p.m. my time. Is that East Coast, or when is that? Yeah, that's East Coast. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, yeah, it, here's what I'm doing. I'm doing a musical thing out here the night before Ward Kovalev. So it'd be better if you'd even just at least allude to it so it doesn't look like I'm doing a total shameless plug. But, yeah, absolutely. You know, so that you show some level of interest. Um, but, yeah, I'm doing a thing at the Tuscany out here. It's a night, a night before. We're going to have a lot of celebs there and everything, so it's going to be a fun thing. And, and what is it? Um, it's a uh, forum or a music? I'm doing my music show. I'm going to be performing. All right. I will set that yeah. up for you towards the end. Okay. okay. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> All right, fight fans. It's time to talk a little sweet science here at the Ultimate Fight Show. And with me once again is Hall of Fame boxing analyst and Showtime superstar Al Bernstein. How you doing, Al? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm. You've been busier than uh, than me. I can tell you <laughs> that with. Uh, traveling to all these great fights. I want to get your opinion on a couple of the fights that you just recently covered. And then of course, we'll uh, get to this weekend's mega showdown in the desert. Al, when you were in London for Errol Spence and Kel Brook two weeks ago, how big of a fight was that to dictate the future of the 147 pound division? Well, I think it was pretty big. You know, the the the, un, the other one that we did earlier um, in this year, uh, which we did on CBS, Danny Garcia and Keith Thurman was probably one of the other ones. Uh, you know, along with Manny Pacquiao out there, those are the major players in the 147 pound division, and um, uh, and and this fight uh, was kind of the other side of that. Thurman, of course, beat Garcia, and then we were waiting to see who would win between Spence and Brook, uh, Brook a champion. Uh, and Errol Spence, uh, everyone believed, uh, certainly a, a potential champion. And uh, and the fight was kind of what a lot of people expected. It was very competitive. Um, and the big question was going to be whether Errol Spence could could get into later rounds and against a world champion and a uh, uh, you know, a, a world-class fighter and was able to get the job done. And he certainly did that. The first six or seven rounds of that fight were very, very tight and close and well-contested. And Spence took a lot of, took some big punches, but was able to hang in there. So it, 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 it set up Errol Spence now as one of the top two or three welterweights in the world for sure. 
Is Kell Brook's orbital bone issue from the Triple G fight, and now it looks like it was the other side in the Spence fight, is this going to affect his career substantially moving forward, or is it something well, that time off is going to be able to heal? Yeah, I don't know. It's two two injuries of a serious nature um, in two straight fights, and uh, and I think it's certainly something he's that will be difficult for them uh, to deal with. And I'm sure he'll take some time off and he'll get it healed. And he got an operation done on it. And uh, I I just think he's going to have to decide whether you know how he wants to move forward. Uh, with things um, He's a very good fighter Certainly many welterweights in this world he can beat um, uh, And uh, But but those kind of injuries Are difficult to continue with Especially when you're getting Punched in the face on a regular basis Well exactly yeah I mean you know The, the, the idea of exacerbating those injuries And ironically You know this was not the eye that the, the orbital bone where he was hurt in, in, Golov, in the Golovkin fight. So, um, you know, that's a that's a pretty big issue for him. Now, boxing's been able to kind of take a page from MMA and put, has recently been putting together the best fighters fighting the best fighters. How likely or how soon are we going to see Errol Spence and Keith Thurman mix it up? Well, they they kind of want to, you know. Uh, uh, Thurman's hurt; he's got an injury, so I'm not sure he's going to be ready for another six months or so. And Errol Spence would like to fight again, so in the me- in the meantime, so I think we might see Spence against somebody like Lamont Peterson, which would be a very good fight. Um, uh, or there are some other names being bandied about. Uh, but as you point out, this has been a great year for matchups. So fighters and managers and promoters are, are it's the norm that they would be making fights that people want to see, and that is certainly one that they do want to see. And Spence seems interested in making it, so does Thurman. And uh, I, I would expect to see that fight toward the end of the f- – uh, during the sometime in the first quarter of next year, I, I think is when we, we're likely to see that fight. Now, a fight that was made recently and I believe is going to air on your – program is the uh, Adrian Broner and Mikey Garcia fight. Can you tell us right. a little bit about that fight? And, you know, is it just me? Because I think Mikey Garcia is going to wipe the floor with him. Well, Mike Garcia is a very, very uh, talented fighter. and uh, But he's going up an extra weight class now to 140 uh, to take on Broner. And he's already, he's already gone up uh, weight classes. Uh, and that's the, the part that's intriguing about this. Um, if they were normally, I think if if they were at the same weight class and that was where they were both fighting, and you you objectively looked at the two fighters, certainly Garcia would have the edge. But he's moving up in weight, and that's something that uh, kind of adds intrigue to this fight. Uh, the onus is on Broner, certainly. Uh, number one, it's on him to make 140 pounds, and there'll be penalties i'm sure put into the contract for that if he doesn't um so he needs to make the weight number one and number two needs to be ready because garcia is a very very talented fighter big question is going to be you know does garcia's as garcia keeps going up does his power keep translating it certainly does at 135 um and you would imagine it would at 140 so 
Uh, I think Garcia will probably go into favorite in this fight, but it's going to be a it's a terrific matchup, and uh, and I think could be a very intriguing fight. And, and let's not forget Adrian Broner, who's from not necessarily my backyard. I'm in Cleveland, Ohio, but he's in Cincinnati. He was a 135 pound fighter who moved all the way up yes. to 47, didn't right, do too was, well, and now is kind right. of settled in yeah. at 140. Right, I, and I think 147 is way too big for him. I actually think had he mm-hmm. stayed at 135 or tried to, it would have been he'd have had a, he would have had a very good run in the lightweight division. Uh, so yeah, I, I think I don't think the weight issue is monstrous for Garcia, um, but you know, uh, but it's the one thing that that makes kind of an interesting uh, part of this. Now you know they're the same height, and when you're when Broner's facing a fighter that's his height. Or taller, or you know, around the same. He has a big problem because he gets hit with overhand rights regularly, and uh, and and you would expect that punch, just like Sean Porter landing it. Uh, you'd expect that, mm-hmm. and Madonna landing it. Mikey Garcia has a terrific right hand and can throw it uh, as kind of an overhand right. So that's going to be a big punch for him. Yeah, and I've always been a big fan of Mikey Garcia, and we were kind of robbed because of his promotional issues and some of the stuff that he had going on. But uh, do you think if Mikey Garcia wins this fight, do you think the logical step is for him to try to challenge Terrence Crawford or to move back down and maybe have a showdown with Vasily Lomachenko? Well, Lomachenko's still a weight class below 135, although he would get up there. Uh, I think, actually, the likely fight is him fighting Jorge Linares at 135, which is a very good fight, who also has one of the championships. Uh, That one is more likely to happen first uh, if he beats Garcia. I think he would move back to 135, try and have that fight. He certainly would entertain. He and Lomachenko would be, I think, one of boxing's premier events. Uh, and Lomachenko would have to move up to 135, where he will ultimately probably end up. Uh, so I think that would be a, a very intriguing matchup. That, and of course, as you pointed out, there's always Crawford lurking out there. Now that, though, in that, that case, the, the promotional companies would have to get together Aram and uh, the PBC. But but they're showing some willingness to do that these days. So I don't think it's impossible. All right, transitioning to. Last weekend's fight, Adonis Stevenson, Fonfara 2. I think we thought that Stevenson was going to win, but not in the fashion that he did. How scary is Superman right now, even at the advanced age of 38? Yeah, he's a very, look, he's a very powerful puncher, and uh, Fonfara underperformed in that fight. Uh, I think we had seen signs that that might happen, though I did think he was going to be more competitive. Uh, he had struggled against Chad Dawson in his fight before that, and Dawson is kind of faded, but he won the fight by knockout. Um, you know, Stevenson's issue is that his level of competition has not been really where it should be. And uh, even we saw um, uh, a later Alvarez fight very well in the fight before that uh, and win and to be his mandatory challenger. And Stevenson was actually uh, talking like maybe he wasn't even going to fight the mandatory challenger. So, um, you know, I think it's incumbent upon Donna Stevenson to step up his level of opposition. It really is. And he's a good fighter. He's got power. uh, But, you know, we, we... we need to see him in against people 
that are worthy of the challenge. We talked about it once before. The last time you were on was right before Ward Kovalov won. We talked about how that was going to be the biggest fight of the year. I was adamantly in Andre Ward's corner. You, because of what you do, I, I understood not picking a side. Um, it was a super close fight, Al. I've watched it five times. I scored it 114-113 for Andre Ward every single time. Was that the right score, and what can we expect different from both fighters in the rematch? Well, I think it was a very close fight. I probably would have made it the one point the other way, but uh, but it was very close, and it certainly uh, was a fight that, you know, Andre Ward came back very well in the latter portion of that fight and the second part of it. Uh, and traditionally, when that happens in rematch, and there's a rematch, the fighter who has done well in the latter portion of uh, the first fight is usually the one that is able to get the job done. Now, that may or may not be the case here. I picked Ward to – I actually thought Ward – I may not have made the pick on your show, but I, I thought Ward would win. I, I, I lean to Ward going into that fight, uh, but I thought it was – but then, ironically, I, I kind of thought Kovalev eked out the win when it happened. But either way, it's, it's going to be very close. Kovalev faded in that fight, and there's no question about that. And he, he addressed yeah. it kind of head on and, and, and said he's got to make sure that conditioning-wise he's ready, and presumably he is. Uh, there were a couple things about that fight that were interesting. Kovalev was able to land the jab uh, all through the fight, especially in the first part of it and out-jabbed Ward, I thought, in that fight. And that was a little bit of a surprise. Uh, but then Andre Ward, who is a very – who is one of the things about Andre Ward that is amazing to me is he has three or four different kinds of styles that he can go to. You know, he can be a pure mm-hmm. boxer puncher. Uh, he can be a rough fighter on the inside. Uh, he can be a counter puncher. He's got so many different uh, things in his tool uh, kit, and he – he used his his inside work and his body body punching. That was part of the reason why Kovalev faded in that fight. And uh, so Andre Ward has many ways to beat you. And we'll see this time whether he decides to box war or if he, if in fact, can get inside that jab of Kovalev. And one of the things that made that uh, a sound strategy once he got to doing it was early in the fight we saw him on the end of the punches of Kovalev and he was knocked mm-hmm. down once. And, you know, you don't want to be there with Kovalev because he's a powerful puncher. So we'll see if if he continues that strategy of getting inside the jab and getting inside where he can fight fight there. Now, Al, again, you, you having firsthand knowledge, I saw in that fight, I thought, just like you said, that Kovalev kept him at the end of his jab, was able to punch him, definitely faded from the fifth round on because of the body work and the different stuff that Ward was doing. I kind of equate this rematch to Floyd Mayweather with Maidana. Like, Ward's so good, he already took the Kovalov test. He knows all the answers. I just don't see Kovalov being able to do much better than he did the first time, except for maybe his cardio's a little better. What, what are your well, thoughts on uh, but I think, I think I Andre think Ward wins a wide UD. On Saturday. Yeah, I mean, that may be true, and the Maidana uh, analogy may be an accurate one, but here's the, the thing with Kovalev. He, I think a lot of that had to do with him literally 
not punching as much and doing just completely slowing down. It wasn't all strategic. Um, And so as a result of that, I mean, we're going to have to see, of course, but I don't, I don't see, I don't see, I don't see it as if Ward has totally and completely figured him out a hundred percent and there's nothing Kovalev can do. I think Kovalev can still land his jab. I think he can still land his right hand. Uh, He didn't throw it enough in the second part of the fight. Now, Andre Ward, as I said, is so chameleon-like that he can change and adapt, and and maybe he has figured him out 100%, and that might be the the case. But I wouldn't rush to judgment on that with Kovalev because I I think he's a pretty good fighter. Oh, I think Kovalev's my, I would say he's the second best light heavyweight in the world. I just think that Andre Ward is one of those special, like Mayweather, like Pacquiao, cerebral fighters that has an A, B, C, D plan. And here's my question to you, Al. Had the roles been reversed in that first fight, I don't think Kovalov could have overcome what Ward did. How instrumental was Virgil was Virgil Hunter in willing Andre Ward and keeping him focused in that fight? Because I thought that was one of the best jobs since Angelo Dundee in a fight. Uh, yeah, well, he and Virgil Hunter, you know, they've been together so long and they've worked together and they, they understand uh, – you know they know uh you know they know each other very well uh i think that the, the idea of him he was getting inside working the body keeping it you know not allowing using his 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 hands to, on the inside uh even when he was partially being held by kovalev that was all good stuff um and i and i think virgil's a very you know very good trainer he's especially a good trainer with with andre ward you know he's had some some uh, mishaps with other fighters recently, but mm-hmm. but uh, you know I think he and Andre are very are very tuned to each other, and and I think collectively they kind of worked out uh, as they as as Andre Ward often does. As I pointed out he's he can be a chameleon and figure out what you know what to do uh, you know in that fight. Is the winner should the winner fight Adonis Stevenson? To for the lineal, so we can have a lineal light heavyweight champion, and not this debate. Sure, yeah. I mean, we'd all love to see that fight. I think that's a. But again, and I think the burden of that is on Stevenson to a great extent. Um, although the, they're probably, I can't say that. that well, we Ward hasn't actually been through negotiations with him. Kovalev was so, um, and it's always tricky to pin it on one fighter as opposed to the other because. <laughs> And or one camp as opposed to the other, but I think um, boxing fans would certainly love to see that. And as you point out, we're we're in an era where matches are more likely to get made than not get made, and so that you know you would hope that that would be, um, you know, that that would be happen here. And the guy out left out in the cold is poor Joe Smith, who uh, keeps winning and knocked out yeah. Fonfara, and as you know, he's he's one of those guys out there. I'd like to see Joe Smith get in against somebody as well. Absolutely. Real quick, Al, prediction for Saturday night, if you got one, who 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 gets their hand raised at the end of the night? Uh, I, you know what? I probably would lean a little bit, maybe a little bit to Andre Ward, as I did in the first fight because of um, – but maybe a little. But, again, it's a very – for me, it's a very um, – and it was even in the first one. It's a very tentative lean. So we'll see. 
August 26th has been asked by the Mayweather promotion for a prospective fight with Conor McGregor. Likelihood that this happens before that, I mean, around that date, or is it most likely that we'll have to wait till next year for that fight to take place? Well, I don't know. Well, I don't think we'll wait till next year. I think that, you mean the McGregor uh, Mayweather? Yeah, no, I think they yeah. want to get it done this year. I, I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. there's no way that, if they get that agreed to, and I think they're fairly close, there's no way you wait, they wait till next year. They're, I think, okay. they're, I think the, the idea is they're pushing for that August date, and, uh, uh, for a variety of reasons, but if it doesn't happen, then I suspect it will happen. I'm going to guess in October or November. Is Triple G Canelo the best fight that that could have been made for boxing? Yeah, it's a, well, yeah, because it's one that the mainstream media has clamored for, and every time the mainstream media clamors for a fight, if it isn't made, they say that no good fights are being made in boxing, which is oftentimes not true, and it's certainly not true this year when great fights are being made, but because the mainstream sports media doesn't cover the sport that much, they don't, they're not aware of it, so they, they always act as if the, the whole fate of the sport is dependent on those kind of fights. So for that reason and other reasons, uh, it is an important fight for the sport to make, plus it's a very good fight. Is that, from what you've been hearing, is that fight more likely to take place at 155 pounds to 157, or will we actually see a full-blown 160? Oh, no, I think, I think that, well, I think it's already been decided. That fight's going to be at 160. Yeah, I know, okay, that's, a, that's, a, that's a middleweight fight. All right, because, yeah, there were, I, I hadn't heard 100% on that. Yeah, and now, I, I, think, I think they're pretty certain. Now, I, I think that fight is likely to be a middleweight, uh, a middleweight encounter. Al, is it just me, or I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like Canelo can win that fight. Well, he's fighting very well, you know, um, and, and, and Golovkin, um, you know, he had a very tough fight with Danny Jacobs, a razor-thin fight. The only thing, though, is Danny Jacobs, and I was just with him at the Boxing Hall of Fame this weekend, um, mm-hmm. he was able to, and we had a chat about this, he was able to box and move and show a different skill set. Canelo doesn't have that skill set. He doesn't move. He, he his foot his foot speed is not is not really any big factor. He has really good hand speed, but he'll be in the pocket with Golovkin, which is part of what makes this a fascinating fight and a great fight. So, Canelo certainly has a chance in this fight because he's been fighting very well. But what the thing that works against him is that he has to be he will be in the pocket. So the question is, can he hurt Golovkin, and can he take Golovkin's punch? Golovkin has a, uh, by all accounts, it seems has a uh, an amazing chin. Now he's older; he's in his mid thirties, heading to the late thirties, and we've seen some slight erosions in in him. Uh, but Canelo, though, has to answer those two key questions because he's going to get hit. He's not going to be able to fight the kind of fight that. Even Jacobs got hit, but he's not going to be able to fight that kind of fight. So they will be in the pocket exchanging with each other. And we're going to know in the first four or five rounds because we'll know if Canelo can touch Golovkin and, and make him feel his power and if, if, if he can take Golovkin's punch. Absolutely. Again, Al Bernstein, Hall of Fame boxing analyst. We always love having you on the show. Now, for those of you who don't know Al 
is also an author of 30 Years, 30 Undeniable Truths, and you've been dabbling in the music a little bit. Can you tell us about what you got going on oh, Friday yeah, well, night? For a lot, yeah, you know, it, I mean, years ago, before all the, the uh, major fights in the 80s and 90s, I used to, um, I would often perform at Caesars Palace and do, uh, do a musical show the weekend of the fights, and I then I started doing a show called The Sports Party and The Boxing Party, which included some music and highlights. Well, now I'm kind of back to doing music again, and uh, we're going to be doing uh, a show the night before the Ward-Kovalov fight at the Tuscany Hotel and Casino in uh, Las Vegas. Uh, it's going to be part of actually Kenny Davidson's uh, cabaret show that he does, and I'm going to be uh, co-hosting with him, and I'm going to do about, oh, about a dozen, 13 tunes, and um, and we'll have some fun. There'll be a lot of boxing celebrities on hand, um, there, and there's no cover. It's just a, a, a fun environment there, so people can come out and have some fun and hear some music. And uh, the festivities will get going around 9 o'clock. All right, so don't forget to stop by and see Al's show on Friday. And where is that at again? It's at the Tuscany Hotel and Casino just off the Strip. Uh, and, uh yeah. And it'll be fun. Come up and say hi. And uh, like I said, there'll be a lot of boxing celebs there. And uh, there's going to be a lot of other talented people performing as well. So we should have some fun. And a big fight weekend here in Vegas. And then there's going to be another one, as you point out, with Golovkin. And uh, the sport has uh, just a lot of great fights coming up. Absolutely. Uh, Can't wait to have you back on to talk about (laughs) Triple G and Canelo and maybe a Mayweather-McGregor. That could be a nice little uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, interesting. You know, there's people people want it, and it's I I think it's likely to happen. And as you you know from from you guys uh, and your uh, you know your your the MMA uh, part of your show, um, you know, fans from both sports seem seem interested in it. Absolutely, but like I've told people before, there's a big difference with four-ounce gloves when you move up to ten. I don't think Connor's going right. to carry his power well in this fight. That's the, that's the issue, you know. That's there. There. I mean, listen. He goes in clearly as a decided underdog, so it, we'll have to see how that all plays itself out. All right, Al. We'll we'll all talk right. to you next time. Thanks for coming on. Take care. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.